Hello and welcome to Trust Me, I'm an Influencer. Today's guest is Nick Tofolos, osteopath and co-founder of CBD One UK, the UK's finest and most trusted producer of CBD products. So hi, Nick. Good morning. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. So Nick has, in the sound check, he's hit me with some knowledge that he's fighting fit on a carnivore diet, which sounds awesome, speaking as a vegetarian. We need to know all about that in a minute, Nick. But I promise the listener, promise the listener, <laughs> we do all things CBD first. And then I want to know about about being a carnivore. Uh, yep. So first of all, Nick, um, if the listener is uh, wanting to paint a picture of you, you are going to hit us with everything you've ever wanted to know about CBD. But first of all, rewind, rewind. You are Nick, co-founder of CBD One, and you are an osteopath, aren't you, Nick? So yes. how did you? Yes. How long have you, yeah? How long have you been an osteopath, and and what what took you down the temptate uh, the tempting path? I love a bit of CBD. You know this. What took you from <laughs> osteopath to CBD? How did they all kind of start? Yeah, so I I was a drama teacher and uh, was looking for a new challenge in life and um, uh, wasn't sure what to do. And I was at a wedding where I met a guy sat next to me who'd married a girl who was in the same student house as me. And I said to him, what do you do? And uh, he said, I'm an osteopath. Uh, and I had no idea what an osteopath was. And he said, so I asked him what it was. He said, well, we get people better without using drugs. And I okay. thought, what? How, how do you do that? <laughs> uh, and, and that was it, really. The curiosity, my curiosity was piqued. And uh, next thing you know, I'm, I'm hunting around. And I found a course. Well, actually, I kind of put the idea to bed of how interesting it sounded. But a couple of years later, on the internet, and uh, was looking at osteopathy. And um, I found a course that was designed for people who already have careers. So three years, uh, once a month, I had to go down to London. And then the final two years, you had to do full-time in London. And my uncle lived in London. I had a chat with him. He said I could stay with him for those two years. And when I came down for weekends and so on, he's incredibly generous. Um, and and the next thing you know, I'm on the train down to London, uh, going for the like the interview day to see if I could get on the course with with the words of my colleagues and even my mum and dad echoing in my ears saying don't do it don't do it you're not an osteopath I remember my dad saying Nick you're not an osteopath and I said to him what is one and he <laughs> went uh, uh I said well if you don't know what one is how do you know I'm not one <laughs> Yeah, I so, love it. Um, yeah. And, and don't get me wrong, they've been nothing but supportive of me. They were just concerned that I was throwing away a good career, really, yeah. as a teacher. But big, um, And it's a big change too, drama teacher, mm, osteopath, big change. Yeah. Just proves yeah, yeah. You can, yeah, it just proves that life sets you on certain paths and it's, you can always change your path and follow some kind of destiny or some sort of calling. So, yes. so, so did you do – is that with a certain um, – like a body, the body? Yeah, so – yeah, so I trained with the British School of Osteopathy, and, ah, right, and okay. throughout throughout the training, I kept thinking that because I'd I'd read lots of the old osteopath texts from back, you know, over a hundred years old, and I was looking at what they were teaching me and thinking, right, it's not really what what I'm reading osteopathy was, and what it's become, and, and then I by chance stumbled across um, a ninety six year old osteopath called John Wernham who had a course called Classical Osteopathy, and he'd been an osteopath over 70 years. And I did a one-year uh, post-grad course with him, uh, which 
totally changed how I worked, opened my eyes to what real osteopathy was. And, um, and it went from there, really. So that's what's known as classical osteopathy. So we're, in its truest sense, we're health experts. It's a complete system of healthcare. So, you know, treating people for all kinds of interesting problems. Because what we actually do is, because people think of us treating bad backs, but actually, if you, if you get a complicated case come in with, I don't know, hormone imbalances or chronic inflammation or whatever it might be, you, you look at, all the factors in a person's life and you try to make each of those factors healthy and then if all those factors become healthy the person starts to become healthy rather than chasing symptoms with pills uh, Mm -hmm. and disease with pills let's make your body healthy and in doing so people become healthy so there you go Right. Well, I'm, I have to just say the listener, I know the listener is going to be driving the car or on the train or something and thinking, I need to go and see this guy, Nick. Where, what, what's your practice? <laughs> I just know you were CBD. Yeah. What's your practice? So yeah. you're still practicing as an osteopath? Yeah. 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 Are I've you? got two yeah. pra- two practices. Yeah. So you, you better tell the listener where your practices is because they'll be so straight I'm on. I'm practicing yeah, in northwest England in uh, a little market town called Garstang in Lancashire. Uh, and another little beautiful, beautiful town on the edge of the Yorkshire Dales, right on the border of Lancashire and Yorkshire called uh, Barn Aldswick. The nearest big town, you would say, is we're kind of between equidistant between Skipton and Burnley, um, right on the borders. Um, and I have a health food shop over in Garstang, which is how I ended up heading into CBD world because I originally rented a room above the health food shop. And as the owners wanted to retire there was an opportunity for me to take over. Um, and in my downtime, you see, I would go into the shop and speak to the staff and say, what's this for? What's this for? You know, what herb is this? What vitamin is this? What does it do? And bit by bit, my knowledge began to grow just from asking the staff questions. So I guess I've I've been able to have quite a broad education just from, to be honest with you, from speaking to the staff in the shop. Uh, yeah, but I love those shops, Nick. I've got one mm. in Norwich, and I love it. The wealth yeah. of knowledge that they have, and you can go in and talk yeah. about, you know, anything mental health, physical symptoms, all sorts mm-hmm. of things. Just all, and all sorts of things to to add on to when you're having kind of, um, I don't, I don't like to call it whatever you whatever you call what do you call medicine from the, from the GP. I don't like to call it modern medicine because well, because it's, because. It's- Poison, maybe. (laughs) Well, you've got big feelings about all of this. Moving on. Yeah, but but um, but the the kind of you know the kind of drug that you get from the GP. People call it modern medicine. I think pharmaceutical preparation. Let's call it pharmaceutical. Yeah, because I think that you know all of the things that we're looping right back now, aren't we? Aren't we into these more holistic medicines are now actually incredibly modern. So what Mm. we're going to call modern medicine, as you as you say, your pharmaceutical stuff. I think Mm. looking at as a complete being has never been more modern has it yeah but you're yeah. but those i lo- absolutely love those those shops and funnily enough that's the first place that i bought cbd one because i went into one there's a big department store in norwich where i live called gerald's and it's a bit like norwich's answer to selfridges really it's a lovely huge independent store and across the Great. road there's a there's a natural organic um pharmacy and yeah. I went in there and I, I heard about CBD being legal in the UK, this new thing, CBD, what's this, da, da, da. Mm. And I went in and because I didn't understand the law, and you can tell us in a minute, but because I didn't understand the law back then, um, I actually wanted to physically buy it off a shelf and I wanted to buy it from 
so I, from an actual physical shop, so I knew what I was buying because there's all sorts of shit yeah. on the internet, and I don't know what it was. And it was yeah. your one that they um, that they gave to me in there, and that's how I discovered your brand. And that's mm. the, um, as soon as you could buy CBD in the UK. So why don't you tell the listener this kind of what CBD is and when it became legal in the UK? Yeah, so there was a early 2017 was kind of all systems go there had been little dabbles before that um so um that's when it first sort of started to grab attention um and actually we had a guy come into our shop with with a brand of cbd and asked me to try it and i i looked at it and thought too expensive it'll never sell then i tried a bit and thought oh there's something interesting here Mm. um and and actually, it's not too expensive when I look at, um, you know, there's a whole range of prices. People do still labor under that, you know, it's too expensive. But you, there are good price point CBDs out there. But we, my brother and I were interested in this. and and uh, But we saw very quickly what was happening, which was, to be honest with you, immoral behavior from some of the CB, early CBD suppliers deliberately. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, label it labeling products to make them sound stronger than they were in fact there was uh, one of the cases that really stood out was a, a a bottle a 10 mil bottle of cbd labeled and priced at 195 pounds um saying a 16 percent cbd and we had a product that was 19.99 so 20 quid uh that was the same strength and uh, but better quality and I thought, holy smoke, there are vulnerable people out there who will, you know, goodness knows what, what they're looking for um, and being ripped off. So we resolved to stand out as a beacon of honesty and integrity. And obviously the very first CBD company run uh, and owned by a health professional, that being me. Uh, and, you know, we set up our health advice line. I don't know how many thousands of people I've given advice to in the last um, six years um but we and that's all done for free you know we we provide support help and uh and we resolved to find the finest cbd in the world uh and we're pretty confident that that's what we found and that's what we've got which is where cbd1 came in yeah so what yeah. is what i i mean i know i love the stuff but mm. what what is see if you're listening to this and you really have no idea about cbd and what it can do for you what is cbd yeah cbd stands for cannabidiol and cannabidiol is, is a compound that is in the cannabis plant. There are a myriad of these compounds. They're called cannabinoids. CBD is one of them. There are others, um, CBG, CBN, CBDA. There's loads. And the, the one that people will know from cannabis as such is THC. THC is the one that gets you high. It's psychoactive. Uh, and that's the bit that remains illegal. So okay. You have to uh, grow a low THC strain of the plant so that when you process it, there are traced, there's trace THC. It's, they actually call it non-detectable because it's so, such a small amount, it can't do anything. Right. Um, so you can, you know, drive and so on. It's not psychoactive. Um, and, and in your body, you, your body has a system that's evolved called the endocannabinoid system. And this is a system of receptors in many of your organs, in your brain, your central nervous system. Uh, it's even on your skin. And these receptors 
what, your body produces your own uh, cannabinoids. Uh, it's, the, the commonest one we know is called anandamide, and it makes you feel good, and it helps your body regulate and repair uh, and lifts your mood. Uh, and um, CBD and anandamide, you, so you have your own cannabis, anandamide, and then you can, that's called endogenous, which means it comes from within. And then you can have exogenous uh, cannabinoids comes from without, which is what CBD is. Now, the good thing is when you take CBD, all it does is talk to the system in your body that is primed to respond to cannabinoids. And that's why it's so safe, because it works in harmony with your body, um, where we've mentioned modern pharmaceuticals. The way I describe it is uh, a modern pharmaceutical drug if you're walking down the street, it grabs you by the shoulders and it pushes you where it wants to take you. Whereas CBD, uh, it holds your hand and walks by your side. Uh, hmm. So it doesn't. So that's why you get so few side effects taking CBD. Um, and, and it's the great balancer, is how I describe it. So if you're hyper and anxious and you know you're 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 hitting the ceiling it draws you back down and if you're hypo you're tired you're fatigued it can lift you uh, and it can do both those things in the same body really and it's a great balancer really yeah on different days as well that one body it can you can respond to it on different days according to your different your different uh, mindsets your moods where you physically are at it is yeah. a, an amazing thing i mean lots of People could I talk about it a lot on my little Insta account, and lots mm. of people message me. Lots of people message me and say, "Can I drive with it? Does it get you high?" And it's quite. I think people can be kind of scared of it and thinking. Um, yeah. I don't think people think it's illegal because we know we trust people like you, the, the processes, and know that it's not. But I think people are kind of slightly frightened of having a little drop of this and then feeling slightly out of control, or it, it's quite a new thing to them. Yeah. Um, but. And it's funny how it affects people in different different ways. Some people it's accumulative and it, it builds up. Sometimes some people it's almost quite instant. Certainly with me, yeah, I feel it. True. I feel it really quite quickly. And it's like a, when I and this is how it generally affects my body. It's like um, a, a sort of warm a warmth for me. It's like a comfort that's just literally I feel like I've been wrapped up in a little fuzzy blanket or something and then I just get on with my day and go to the gym yeah. do whatever I would normally do but it's quite fast for me whereas some mm. people I think it can be accumulative in the body can't it yeah but we I tend can... to tell people yeah, yeah. Take, give give yourself three months really don't don't everyone's expectations are different but you're you're quite right we I've seen people almost instantly get improvement in whatever they're taking it for and I've seen other people three months down the line all of a sudden ping it's like a a key turning in a lock, everything seems to improve. So, yeah, yeah, you're quite right. Yeah, and I have it in my drawer of vitamins, which, trust me, is heaving. I mean, it's full of tea <laughs> and vitamins. This thing, I'm surprised it hasn't, like, fought, the bottom hasn't fallen out of this thing. And it's in there, and it's really funny how CBD kind of calls to me. Sometimes I, I, I just almost forget that I've got it, and then there's mm. times in my life – and it's I use it for anxiety and when I'm overwhelmed. And sometimes I just something in my brain says, "Where's my CBD?" And I go in the in this this huge cupboard of stuff, and I find it. And then I'll use it for two or three weeks, and then something in my body just then forgets to use it again. And it's really bizarre how it just springs to mind. 
And I'm a great believer in that. Listen to your body. You know, if you feel like I really fancy some prawns, then get yourself some prawns. I really, be- I'm a real believer in listening to your body. It kind of tells you what it needs. And so I, but I use it for anxiety. I use it for mental wellness, but there's a big pain relief side to CBD too, isn't there, Nick? Lots of people, um, try CBD to help with things like, uh, yeah, arthritic pain, chronic pain, fibromyalgia, mm. those, uh, strange pain disorders. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a big component of that. Uh, that uh, and that if you think taking one ibuprofen increases your chance of a heart attack in the month, you've taken one tablet by about 30% and naproxen, it's about 50% increased chance. Granted, it's still a small chance, but it's increasing your chance you get no such risk uh, with CBD. So lots of people are so fed up at, you know, their gut being ruined by the anti-inflammatories or whatever they're taking, that they want to try something that might help and might not cause the same kind of trouble. Um, yeah. But, yes. but yeah, you're right, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we have to say you should always, if anybody's listening to this and they have certain medical conditions, I, we should always say that they speak to their they should talk to their med, their um, whoever's managing them if they're under a consultant yeah. in the hospital or something. We, that goes without saying. But it's so it's so true. We all know that a lot of these uh, the medicines that you get prescribed. I mean, I get them from time to time. Something will happen in your body, and in it, it, you need something. I don't know whatever that might be an um, an antibiotic or something that mm-hmm. that might happen. Um, and you look at the. You look at the uh, the the uh, leaflet that comes in the medicine, and oh my gosh! You read that, <laughs> and it fright it does frighten the life out of you when you actually read. Truly. It does, yeah. doesn't it, Nick? And it happens to me um, if I ever get a drug, and I'm one of those people that I will have a headache for three days before I'll take a painkiller. I'm I'm sort of one of those people. I, yeah. I'll do anything rather than, and I'll be massage massaging my neck. I'll be guashing my neck. I'll be hot shower on my neck I'll be in the steam room I'll be doing relaxation I'll do everything I can to try and get rid of my headache before I resort to you know popping a pill and to be fair when you when I do pop the pill it flipping works and I think what have I done that before but most and often some of the time I can get rid of it without taking something like that because as you say you just look at the look at the insert in the box and look at the side effects it's side effects with most of these pills these drugs that we take there's side effects with all of them and they're quite scary when you look yeah. at them, yeah, yeah, they really yeah. are. I think it's the the second biggest cause of death in the world is um, they call it iatrogenic, which is and most of it's from drugs. The drugs kill more. Uh, prescribed medication is the second biggest cause of death in the world. I think. Uh, well, I'm not educated enough to get into. I'm not educated enough in the area to get into a whole big conversation about yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, pharmaceuticals. I really. They, they have their place. They have their place for sure. I'm not. I'm not uh, arguing. Yes, yeah. you know, if if I've suddenly got a raging child that's got raging meningitis or something, you know, yes. please, 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 throw everything you can at them. I'll take it. Yeah, yes, exactly. They, it, yeah. it, without a doubt, they save lives. Some of the heroic stuff that goes on in medicine, you know, the surgery can be miraculous stuff. Yeah. Um, I, my my beef is really just reaching for it as first line, which you yes. you truly yes. don't need to. 
Yeah, exactly. And and not looking after our bodies and not um, mm. being proactive, l- yep. taking care of our body in a self-care way mm. so that we hopefully prevent as many diseases as we can coming down the line. Um, yeah, they're m- making conscious choices. Yeah. We talk about something called, uh, there's, there's a theory of disease that they call terrain theory. And it's basically what you're doing to the terrain of your body. Are, are you allowing it to become the fertile soil for disease or are you allowing it to flow and a bit like the sort of visualize it is your body a nice flowing stream babbling brook or is it a stagnant pond that's starting to you know smell and rot and so movement 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 lifestyle what are you putting in your body does it bring you vitality so do all of that first Mm. uh, before you start worrying about what drugs you need to take um, talking about CBD for pain relief, and I haven't used it for that. Is that something that would tend to be, in your experience, more of a slow burner that you need to accumulate CBD in your system for pain relief, or is it again individually, everybody's different? Yes, yeah, it it, go, it always goes back to it depends, and it depends on the person's sensitivity, really, um, and, and other the other factors. Um, so, what else is the person? So, people try and use cbd a bit like you'd use ibuprofen you know they're taking it to hit some kind of pain but but ordinarily there are normally other factors involved in this pain um i can give you an example which is my i've got a knee cartilage injury and it was giving me a lot of jip anyway i changed my diet and i now have no pain i've still got the knee cartilage injury but no pain so i don't need to take anything for it um so look at all the other factors that might be part of the problem um and and it still brings you back to it depends on a person's sensitivity so uh, some people respond fast some slow and and i bet that diet is some kind of sort of anti-inflammatory diet i guess because so that yeah quite yeah. right the big the biggie the biggie in terms of health across the world is a real problem called chronic inflammation Mm-hmm. Um, so you get acute inflammation when you go over on your ankle, right? And that's uh, a healing response. It actually is a helpful thing uh, to get that kind of inflammation. It fixes your damaged tissues uh, when you go over on your ankle, for example. Um, <clears throat> chronic inflammation causes disease. It's very low grade. It can cause stiffness, achiness, arthritis, and head you down the line of things like heart disease as well. And virtually all of it, not quite, but a lot of it comes from our diet. Yeah. Mm. Oops, so the much. seed oils. The seed oils are a biggie. It's an, my brother and I have talked about this. My brother, Alex, who's with, with me in the CBD land. Um, there is a, you know, there's like gluten-free category. There's vegan category. There's that kind of thing. Mm. There's, a new, there's a new category of food coming along. And we're, we're seeing it called seed oil free. Because the seed oils, which is things like sunflower oil, rapeseed oil, vegetable oil, are highly inflammatory. Mm. So people will have something like mayonnaise uh, on their salad and uh, think they're eating a nice healthy salad or a, a you know a salad dressing and it's got sunflower oil in it. And you know a few hours later, they, their achy arthritic knee starts playing up. And they'll just think it's their achy arthritic knee. You'd never relate it to salad dressing on your salad. You've just done something healthy, right? Mm. Um, And yet the pathway that the seed oils work on is the same inflammation 
that uh, ibuprofen works on, for example. So they'll take an ibuprofen, their pain goes away. And then a few days later, they're having the same salad dressing or whatever, you know, another seed oil, and their pain comes back. And no one would relate that pain to doing something healthy like eating a salad. Uh, but the seed oils are highly inflammatory. Uh, they're actually starting to think now it's worse than sugar. Really? Because sugar yeah. is the root of all. Um, but I've read so much about this lately. I follow someone. Do you follow Davina Taylor? She's always talking about. Um, no. She's she is always talking about. Um, have a I'll Google look her. her. Up. Look her yeah, up. She's she walks around supermarkets and says, "Look at this shit. This is poison." Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone yeah. else has told me about her. Yeah. yeah, and she is always complaining about. Yeah, uh, these What's seed oils, on? and she's talking about how cheap they are. They're seriously mm. refined. They're they're yeah. rubbish. And she's always walking around supermarkets saying, "Look at these olives. They're in fucking sunflower oil." Sun- That's right. Yeah. It's crazy. Why is that? Why aren't olives in olive oil? And following her on Instagram has really yeah. opened my eyes to this. I walk around mm. the supermarket and think, "Sunflower oil and rapeseed oil is in everything." everything. But Everything. we were kind of, not told, but we were kind of, um, the narrative was, I don't know, 10 years ago or something. Mm. Um, because I don't Extra un- virgin rapeseed oil. Yeah, it was. And sunflower oil is a fantastic, um, mm. you should be frying with that because mm-hmm. olive oil mm-hmm. at a certain temperature is carcinogenic. So yeah, you should be, yeah, you should be frying with sunflower oil. So we were all kind of moving on to sunflower oil thinking mm. that this was a healthy choice. And then, I don't know, 10 years later, 20 years later even, then we're finding that this stuff is is cheap, utter processed rubbish. Um, yeah. And she kind of, she says, she reminds me of you actually, Nick. She's walking around the supermarket saying, look at this, this is poison. And I kind mm. of mimic her. I walk around the supermarket um, with my husband sometimes and say, look at this, it's poison. And I kind of laugh about it and joke about it, but it's really opened my eyes to how much in the supermarket is utter crap. And I, I'm a really clean eater as well. 80% of the time, I'm no angel. I had a couple of gin and tonics last night. Life's too short. But okay. most, yeah, most of the time, I'm a really clean, basic eater. I don't really mm. eat meat. I eat a bit of fish, but I don't eat vegan substitutes of you know where you think what is that i don't uh, eat that. highly I processed just, yeah, yeah i just eat loads and loads of nuts and seeds and pulses that's how i get my protein mm-hmm. um so i'm quite a conscious eater i'm really aware i've always read the labels on any food produce i've bought i'm really you know i think you could come in my kitchen and think it's really boring there's no biscuits there's no crisps i don't have that kind of stuff and i have even been opened my eyes have been opened to this and thinking what yeah. is this stuff? So this is seriously um, flammatory stuff, which I always thought dairy was kind of really flammatory. Dairy, wheat, and now these oils, which we've been kind of led to believe mm. are really are really healthy and our body needs them. But they are everywhere. They're, They're everywhere. Everything. One, one of the issues you've got is because it's on the shelf in a supermarket, that's a very, very powerful message to, to Joe Public, as it were. Because if it's on the shelf of a supermarket... Uh, somebody somewhere presumably has checked that this is okay to eat. Now, yeah. the the problem is mm-hmm. the criteria for is it okay to eat is shelf life and bacteria. You know, we've pasteurized the hell out of this, so there's no goodness in it. It'll last 18 months and you can eat it and it won't poison you. It won't poison you with a bad stomach, 
but it is poisoning you, this stuff. I actually did a little one-man campaign once with about sugar in food as well, and uh, I got hold of a few of the cooking sauces, right? I got hold of a few, and I rang up all the, the manufacturers to ask them why there were 50 grams of sugar in a 500-gram jar of traditional family recipe tomato mm-hmm. sauce. I won't mm-hmm. name who it was, um, but nevertheless, traditional family tomato sauce. 50 grams of sugar and asked them why and they said well what we do is we we uh, boil the tomatoes to pasteurize them um, and by doing that of course you start to affect the taste then they add uh, lemon juice to the tomatoes because that's a preservative what you then have is this weird mush that is so bitter you can't eat it so they then add sugar to it to make it taste like what it was in the first place. Yes. Um, and so they're, they're fooling you into thinking it's real food. Um, and, of course, someone who gets their bowl of pasta puts this, what they consider is just a tomato sauce, on their pasta. They think, okay, this is low fat. It's low whatever hell low you, you're looking at. This is healthy. And it's actually laden with stuff that makes you fat, makes you sick, makes you get diabetes, gives you all these chronic diseases. But we're being we're being fooled. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's. I think I was reading an article. I actually read a book as well. Ultra processed food. You must love that. Book. Yeah. I read that recently. Um, I, yeah. I sort of. It was very technical. I'm really glad I read it. I sort of knew. I knew what I was going to read because I'm kind of educated in that yeah. arena. Um, but I wasn't really aware of how so many people now, even though we do have lots of issues with obesity, um, particularly well, all age groups actually, but people are actually suffering from malnutrition even though people are actually overweight. Yes, uh, they're getting a highly yeah. calorific diet, yes. yeah. but they're actually nutrient deficient. Yeah. yeah, and it's actually the processed food that can lead people to gaining and holding on to so much weight as opposed to actually the volume of food that people are eating. And I kind of know this firsthand, you know, in our family, uh, actually. I'm quite a little thing. I eat so much, but it's mm. not really processed. And yeah. The difference between eating processed food and, and, un, and natural pro, unprocessed food is unbelievable. Even bread, for instance. I had IBS yeah. on off for years and years and years. If you give me any plastic bread that basically came in a plastic bag, I will flare up. I can't process it. I can eat any bread that I get from my local bread source, which is a brilliant bakery near me, Artisan Bakery. Not a problem. I can carve off chunks of the stuff and have it with butter. Beautiful. No problems with my digestive system at all. But if I have a bit of plastic bread, I have a bag. And it's funny, isn't it, how you eat like that and then you taste, you see things for what they really are. I mean, if I now have a piece of white bread in a to- that in a toaster, it's like it's like a bit of cardboard. You ta- you see it for what it really is. And those sauces you're yeah. talking about, pasta sauces, they just taste to me like sugar. I'd rather just have a load of olive oil on something. I'd have a bowl of pasta. You know, and it's, olive it, oil. that's so yeah, it's so true. We we um once my wife was going to their friends for dinner, and because we cook everything from scratch and. Uh, mm. On her way over, she's saying, "Oh, what we're we having? What we're we having tonight?" Then she was asking her friend, and they said they were having. They were they're bringing out a jar of chicken tonight. <laughs> oh my! And uh, <laughs> yeah, so she got there right. They had their chicken tonight with Christ knows what. And she said she was sat at the table, and both her friends were saying, "Oh, this is fantastic! This this is delicious!" And my wife said all she could taste was sugar. Yeah. 
But that's our palates. I, it's educating our palates into... They do uh, change. They change over, yeah. over a long period of time. They do change and you really taste it for what it is. I went out yeah. for dinner not long ago. went out to a, a big chain, um, a nice chain, went out for dinner and I had this dessert and it was a banoffee. And um, I'd cut... That was the worst dessert I've ever had in my life <laughs> and it tasted I could kind of taste the plastic in it I literally yeah. could it was it tasted like plastic I couldn't eat it and I thought that is just so disgusting but when you don't eat food like that it you really really detect your body is detecting shite basically I yeah, think yeah, yeah. You don't, yeah 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 when right. you don't when you don't eat it your body tastes and, and I know people might a lot of people say it's really difficult to eat um you have to be quite a good cook we need lots of time to eat really really clean do you know i'll have a bowl of pasta with olive oil and salt on it that's it if i'm in a hurry and a can of chickpeas it's so easy i have mm. no time but it's still easy to eat really clean food if you don't have time um because it's My, just uh, taking you right back yeah it's true. I had a Spanish yeah. patient who she said to me once, and, and it, it rings so true. She said, time in the kitchen is never wasted time. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem uh, with the way life is, you know, the speed of life, that we we view the bit about prepping something for our food as an inconvenience when actually that's a, a critical investment in your health and well-being for you and your family. Mm-hmm. So never, never, never look at it as, oh, have I got to get myself up and cook something? Yes, you do, because that's what brings you vibrancy and good health so yeah, I yeah, yeah. I, i'm terrible though nick i i'm really I, i'll put it off i don't enjoy doing it i'm lazy but i still eat really well we still eat really really yeah. well so for instance i if i can't be bothered to to um steam some vegetables then we'll just eat them raw we'll just eat raw broccoli raw cauliflower mm-hmm. raw carrots really lovely big raw really good raw pile of food and i'll just chuck some olive oil balsamic on it but i'm really easily pleased my husband I feel slightly sorry for because he is <laughs> the biggest carnivore. But then he'll roast himself a chicken and eat what it, what I'm eating. He'll have his chicken yeah. with that, so yeah. it works really well. But I need to ask you about this, says the vegetarian. Mm. Or, well, actually, I'm mm. not. I'm pesky. I eat the odd bit of fish. Yeah. Um, yeah. I need to ask you, as someone who doesn't eat meat, what were you talking about earlier when you first came on and we were doing our sound check? You said you feel – what did you say? You feel absolutely amazing or something because you're a carnivore. Fighting fit. Fighting fit because you're on some <laughs> – you're on a carnival diet. What's that all about? Yeah, so um, it's been – 20 years ago when I became an osteopath, I, I learned about food and nutrition and, and back then I – I did something called metabolic typing. And what I learned from that was I sh- uh, my metabolism thrived better on higher protein, higher fat. So I've done that for years anyway. Um, and then several of my patients went full carnivore, only eating meat. And I was baffled by this really to start with, intrigued. They all became lean. They all uh looked vibrant and strong and um i was just curious about it really one of my patients she had um terrible menopausal symptoms went carnivore all her symptoms disappeared and she had chronic eczema her skin got better um and and then she tried she she even uh, took out drinking tea right which i've not Mm-hmm. Uh, and and when she reintroduced tea, her skin problem reappeared. Now, who would have thought it was B 
benign cup of tea causing a skin problem. Um, but but I guess that's because she's literally withdrawn from everything, so she can reintroduce and see what each food is doing. Yeah. Um, but she's she's thriving on it. So then I stumbled across um, a podcast with an interview, an orthopedic surgeon interviewing um, this guy called Anthony Chafee, who is a renowned carnivore, a proponent of being carnivore. And he's a botanist as well, which is interesting. So he's a plant expert and tells us we should be eating meat. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I listened to him. My wife listened to him. We were both fascinated. And knowing what had happened to my patients, I thought, let's try it. Let's try it. So so we have. And so what, you're only eating meat? So look, last night I had a mince pie. It's the festive season. So sod it. I love a mince pie myself. Yeah, there's us yeah. saying we're, we're yeah. so holy, Nick. So, oh, yes, we don't eat processed exactly. food. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you've got to live, right? You've got to live. Yeah. On, I believe that it, like 80% of the time, eat really clean 80% of the time. Yeah, so they, they apart from your mince eight, Yeah, apart from the 80, let's go with the 80-20 rule, yes. which, allows, yep. which allows us to have yeah. uh, beer or wine yes. or GMTs yep. um, or not. Um, and, and also it's worth what – there is this caveat to this, which is – quite simple um one man's food is another man's poison of course that refers that applies to everyone so what it it may well be working beautifully for me it it sounds to me like what you're doing karina works beautifully for you so it's Mm -hmm. this is not my attempt to tell the whole world they've got to do this far from Mm -hmm. it yeah but um but it has its place yeah so um i'm eating uh meat fish dairy I try and get raw dairy where I can. We're lucky we have a farm not far from us. Um, And eggs. Uh, That's basically it. You're allowed um, fruit because fruit wants to be eaten and preferably seasonal fruit. Um, So uh, apples, pears, handfuls of berries is fine. Honey is also fine in small amounts. Um, So so I'll sit down to... um, a sirloin steak that I've cooked in ghee, mm-hmm. um, a minute and a half on either side in ghee, bit of salt, bit of pepper. So Anthony Chafee doesn't put anything on except salt. He stays off everything plant based. He's he's full on extremist. Crikey. And we ne- now we need people like that because those people who are pushing the boundaries are the ones who help us learn stuff. So mm-hmm. then us mere mortals can go, ah, oh, thanks. I'll do the eighty twenty thing then. Thank you. Um, so on the back of that, my knee pain disappeared, my uh, knee cartilage injury. I've become leaner. I think I'm lighter now than I've been since I was probably about 18. And I wasn't, you know, horrendously overweight, far from it. Um, but I've got leaner. A really interesting one is I've got more flexible. Uh, so my arms, my shoulders have gone really stretchy compared to what they used to be like. Um, so... Uh, for me, it's working beautifully. Um, it's really interesting because I I heard that when you chew broccoli, it releases small amounts of uh, cyanide, only small mm-hmm. amounts. Um, and that's why kids spit it out when they're little until we've conditioned them otherwise. Um, so when I give my daughters, um, I'll give them, you know, a, a lamb chop, for example, and my wife insists, come on, come on, you've got to give them some kind of vegetables. And I'm yeah. there going, no, you don't, no, you don't. But I do. 
broccoli or whatever else comes next and uh they sit there within a blink of an eye the meat's gone and Mm -hmm. they've and and the other stuff's waiting and it's funny because for me i always felt like that that the veg got in the way uh of the main course um so for me it's it works well and i think it's helped drop down the chronic uh, chronic inflammation in my body really interesting but because of that also you know if you if you're eating your carbs you you can wake up with plaque on your teeth for blood sugars and all that malarkey and the sugars in carbohydrates the starches and so on and i don't have that anymore i wake up with clean teeth i still brush them don't get me wrong but i wake up with clean teeth um my <laughs> this might be too much information but in terms of things like people say what about like fiber and your and your bowel you know doing a poo and stuff well there's been no issue there but what's really interesting and this might be too much information but you're going to get it anyway it's really weird my poo doesn't smell anymore it used to smell toxic when i ate veg really yeah. How interesting. But your poo does change. I always laugh when we used to go to the Caribbean a lot. And I was just laughing about my poos used to go really long and thin when we were in the Caribbean, like a massive snake. <laughs> <laughs> and I, it must have been, it, I don't know what it was. It must have been a huge yeah. change in diet. But your yeah. poo changes. I think it's really funny wow. how your poo changes. But your poos don't smell at all on this diet. Because no. I guess you've not got that. See, broccoli, I eat broccoli. I must eat broccoli every mm. day because I'm program or i've done so much research or i've yeah. read a lot that it's so good for you antioxidants etc etc yes I get you with the bitterness thing you get that with cabbage mm. too i wonder if that like slight yeah. bitterness thing so, so interesting the the the, mm. the 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 talk about if you look at in nature um animals have defense mechanisms which is to do with movement so you know we can humans and animals we can attack to defend ourselves or we can run away so so we have movement-based defenses. Well, plants don't have movement-based defenses, but they want to live. They want to thrive just like every other life form on the planet. So plants build into themselves toxins, poisons. So every plant has some kind of poison in it, except for fruit, because fruit wants to be eaten to get the seeds okay. spread. So you, yeah. ah, so you said so, earlier that fruit wants to be eaten. I thought I didn't. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah, what yeah. you fruit mean. Fruit wants okay. you to spread the seeds. Okay. So whereas okay. Uh, other plants don't want you to eat them so they build into themselves um toxins so spinach has something called oxalates in it which cause kidney problems um and and so all plants have some kind of poison now let's not forget plants do have nutrients they have Mm -hmm. vitamins and minerals and uh things that are good for us but what's never mentioned is they have what you can call anti-nutrients the poisons they have that in them because they are defending themselves so it's finding that balance, really. Um, and everyone's balance is different. Yeah. yeah, how interesting. I eat so much fiber and it, it, it suits me. It does work for me. And mm. I don't even I don't even mm. want meat. Like, I just yeah. don't want it. It's yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's different. But I always yeah. worry that I'm having too much fruit because I did mention earlier I'm lazier. And we always have a, we have a cake stand in our kitchen, which is the full-on five-tier cake stand. And it's always covered in fruit because we yeah. started this habit a few years ago. You know when you walk in the kitchen, you've got the munchies. You see the fruit before you open the cupboard door and then you eat the fruit and you eat more. It's there glowing at you and winking at you and you just eat loads of fruit. And it we did it a few years ago and it changed everybody's life in the house. Um, mm-hmm. but, and because of that... I eat so much fruit. I always think, I wonder if my sugar levels are too high because of the amount of fruit that I eat. You know, fruit yeah, certainly it can. Yeah, it can yeah. have that influence. That's true. Yeah. yeah. 
So you're having a lot of fruit, but you're having it with... No, I'm not like having a lot. I, I have oh, a little, little bit. Ah, just bits here and okay. there. I, you sound like yeah, you're at a medieval a banquet to me. You sound like everything... Correct. You, you sound like yeah, you're on Game of Thrones. You're on Game of Thrones. Let feast. Yeah. <laughs> you're yeah, living exactly in Game that. of Thrones. Yeah, which bring okay, it on. Yeah, so is that okay? People, that I mean, people say, isn't it expensive? But actually, it doesn't have... You, you know, I'm not sat there dining on steak every night. You can have mincemeat's fine, you know... Uh, uh, it doesn't have to be the choice cuts every time. Uh, far from it. In fact, there's lots of beautiful cuts that uh, are not expensive, really. And the thing is, we're not throwing away rotten veg every week. No, you're not. And all that packaging as well. So how long have you been yeah. doing this then, Nick? And how? About, and is... I think about three months now. Okay. And is it a permanent thing? Mm. Is this for life? Um, or do you think you'll do it now and then as a, um, a phase? <clears throat> for me, I think it'll probably be close to permanent with the odd little... Well, the 80-20 thing, I think, you know. Um, I feel so good uh, with this. Why would I want to not feel good? That's Um, true. So so right now, it's working well. Um, Sometimes we do things in seasons. We do them in phases. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. You're right. This Maybe it's more conducive this time of year when it's darker. That's one of the, you know, why we had the festive feasting, what was midwinter, we now call Christmas. Uh, well, it's still midwinter, of course. That's one of the reasons we came together, that high protein, high fat, to get us through the colder weather. So, mm. yeah, yeah. Mm, how interesting. Not forgetting to chuck a bit of CBD in it here and there. Well, I was just <laughs> thinking, so your CBD oil, we were talking about oils earlier, your CBD oil, and and many, you can't speak for everyone, but many CBD oils, but certainly your CBD oil is, is that 100% CBD pressed oil. How do you get oil? From the plant, from the buds. Yeah, you, Where's it you, from? Where's it from? Yeah, you, it's from the the leaves and the stem, and you press it um, to release the the oils, and then you can process it to either be an oil or you with a few clever tricks you can make a water soluble product which you can then add to drinks, which I do. Um, so in we, my coffee. yeah, we yeah, love it. We've done a, a move into the catering world recently. So we have a product called One Shot that's just won an international award, actually, the World Coffee Innovation Award. Okay. Um, and uh, there's a chain of coffee shops called Black Sheep um, mm-hmm. coming out of London. And we're in all of theirs or we're being rolled out in all of theirs. And it's um, you can convert any drink into a CBD drink with just a shot. Well, that's a really good idea. And I like the way that you're, I'd like, see, I would say yes to that if I knew the CBD oil, because sometimes you go in places, because I eat in a lot of vegan-y, clean places, so yeah. they're no strangers to like, do you want a CBD? Do you want protein with that? Do you want an extra yeah. shot of this? Do you want mm-hmm. CBD? And I think I don't want CBD because I don't know where you're getting your CBD from. I, don't I know, know it's it a is. problem. Yeah. Yeah, it's it a problem. And a lot of them are just, yeah. Sti- yeah, they're just sticking oil into a drink. So you get this horrible filmy oil. And actually that just goes straight in your body and straight out the other end. Yeah, and um, I also think for this sort of yeah, this two pound fifty coffee or whatever, three quid coffee, I don't think you're putting really good quality CBD oil in there if you're just chucking a shot in there because I know how much good quality CBD oil costs, and you wouldn't yeah. be just chucking that in. So, and CBD oil, good quality CBD oil, is pricey, isn't it, Nick? Why is it so expensive? And is price a guide of how good the quality of the product is? I wish it was, but unfortunately, it's not because. You can get people ripping you off, so they charge an expensive price for a very poor quality product. Certainly, if it's cheap, it's cheap. (laughs) Uh, You you ain't going to find high quality, full-spectrum CBD products 
um, you know, where they're saying they've got thousands of milligrams of CBD in it and uh, and it's just £24 to you. There can be some accuracy in how much you, you, you truly do get what you pay for, but that doesn't mean it has to be outrageously expensive, as I was saying earlier. You know, we have a... Um, a price point product that's raw CBD. So you can heat treat CBD to increase the, the concentration of CBD. So mm-hmm. raw means it's not been heat treated. Okay. And, and it's just nineteen ninety nine and a very, very high quality. In fact, it's as close to the natural plant as you can get. But if you're getting into the stronger products, 2,000 milligrams and so on um, and, and above, if, if people are selling that for 20 quid, 25 quid, and they are on the internet – they're lying. Mm. They are misleading you. That is not happening. Um, it's very low grade product, and it certainly won't be full spectrum. Full spectrum means you're not just got CBD. You're getting all the other interesting compounds and uh, that come in in the the plant. Um, so look for a full spectrum product where you can. Ah, so CBD is not the whole thing. Full. No. Yeah, so you're getting a percent that's CBD, so yeah, five percent oil for five hundred milligrams of CBD, for example, you are getting five hundred milligrams of CBD. But in our products, you're also getting some other cannabinoids, CBG, uh, various other ones. You'll be getting um, terpenes, which are natural oils that give it its distinctive smell, mm-hmm. flavor. You're getting uh, flavonoids, which give it its color. And they all come with interesting, healthful qualities. So uh, if you're getting a liquid that's clear, crystal clear, it's almost certainly over-processed and you're not getting the true benefits of the whole plant. So we should yeah. look for full spectrum. It's full yeah, spectrum it, where you can. CBD, yeah. Yeah. CBD oil. And not mm-hmm. all CBDs can be put into liquid, can they? Not all of them can be th- thrown in your coffee. Some need to go under the tongue. No. What's the difference? Why, why do some have to go under the tongue or on, and, and some of them yeah. in So in the oils, in, in, its, in its natural state, it's an oil. Mm-hmm. So that has to go under your tongue okay. where it absorbs through the thin membranes into your blood vessels there. That's the, the only way to use the oil. Um, if you... Uh, play a few tricks you can turn that oil into a a, a water soluble product that then you can add to a drink but it's got to be the right kind of water soluble so are there some there are some uh, cbd drinks out there uh, that uh, show an amount of cbd in them and uh, people get them in cans or bottles and a lot of that cbd goes straight in your system and straight out the other end um so you've got to be careful what you're looking for uh, mm. in terms of uh, the product. It's not easy. It's not easy for the the lay person, as it were. In fact, you know, I've looked at websites of CBD of some of our competitors, and I, uh, you know, and I'm used to looking, and even I find it hard sometimes to work out what the hell do they mean. So if I it, find it hard, how can Joe Public? Yeah, is CBD is the industry highly regulated or not? It's, it just- yeah, so we now have we now have this thing called the Novel Foods Register. So all products are supposed to be on this register. So regulation has improved. Um, uh, so it's heading in the right direction. Yeah, um, uh, where that's where that's concerned. But even when it's on the register, doesn't necessarily mean it's high quality uh, and well. Uh, you know, good for your 
as good for your body as a really good product you know it doesn't mean it's not being ripped off on price for example yeah your website you've got a um like an, uh, a live chat feature where people can ask you any question, haven't you? On uh, like a, Yeah, is it live chat? There's a good well, Q&A on there, but you've got a live chat as well, haven't you? We've got Q&A. We had live chat. The live chat's down at the moment, though we're discussing bringing that back up, actually. Uh, but also um, we have our free health line where people get a messaging uh, tab and they can contact me and I reply. That's incredible. And what's your, your CBD1 UK? What's your website? cbd-one.co.uk cool and so we talked about thc earlier thc is the the illegal part how do you how do you remove that or did you say you're growing a plant that doesn't have it you you grow a low uh low thc plant and then uh, uh, so that when you uh press the product uh it's and then you dilute it it becomes non-detectable there's a complex process goes on and uh, I won't blind you with the science because quite frankly, it blinds me too. <laughs> mm. And is it like all the uh, box sets on Netflix that I've ever watched where people are growing cannabis, where they've got this sort of like the heat lights and the rows and rows? And <laughs> does it, is it like that when it's grown in this? No, it's, it's grown. It's grown outdoors. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah. So it's, a, you... it's, a, it's, it's a hard, it's hemp. So don't forget it's hemp. Hemp is a version of cannabis that's hardy. And has used been used in agriculture for millennia. Uh, oh, so it's a, it's a hardy plant. Yeah, oh, you so can I grow it indoors. This, I imagine this yeah. being grown indoors. You know that you know the yeah. films. We've all seen the yes. films. So the, your hemp is grown outdoors. Mm. Where, so mm-hmm. are you growing this in the UK or are you growing this in no. uh, in the Netherlands? This is grown um, eastern uh, eastern Germany and western Poland, away from population centres, to try to minimise environmental pollution. Whoa! So it's grown outdoors in clean yeah. air, and, and then the the outer edges of the fields that neighbour um, other farms uh, are destroyed. The outer edges of the crop uh, are destroyed, so that any contaminants from other farms nearby don't get into the product. Oh, so you've got a really hardcore, clean specialist. Hardcore quality yeah, they've, they've, they've been growing hemp for three or four generations now they're experts yeah i had no idea this was grown out, outdoors i thought mm. it was in these these places you know yeah what big I mean. greenhouse I, type thing yeah yeah no idea yeah. yours was grown outdoors and then yeah, i think something... in the uk in the uk a lot of it's grown indoors yeah and that's just purely a weather thing although i don't i don't know it can't Actually, i'm not sure maybe for security and licensing and uh, i'm not sure and so, how many? How much of how much of this hemp do you need to make one my little bottle? How much? Do you know what? That's a brilliant question, and I don't know the answer. I I'm going to find need, that out. I bet you need tons of it because are they? Yeah, taking... you probably have to squish it down. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know, but uh, that's a really, really interesting question. Okay, and then is it made? So it's all made over there and bottled over there and bought to the UK, or do you? Is it manuf- Is it processed in the UK? Uh, we we um, work with the team in the Netherlands. And then bring it over from the Netherlands. Okay. And then yeah. so, because I know a lot of people kind of worry that there might be t- too much THC in here and it might be illegal or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it's not about mm-hmm. how you're processing. It's about the plant, the, the plant that you're using. It's, Step it's, one. Yeah. Uh-huh. Get that right. Get that right. And the rest of it becomes a lot easier. Yeah. Ah, how interesting. Okay. I didn't know that. 
Okay. I didn't and I didn't know that. I didn't know you're growing outside in the fields mm. under the sunlight. Do any animals go and eat this? Yeah, it's really interesting. So the plant itself is um because of the terpenes, you know the, the distinctive smell of Amsterdam. Uh, yes, that kind oh, of yes. smell. <laughs> yes, yes, so yes, that, yes. That is actually the stuff in the plant that repels pests. It also ah. attracts pollinators. It's bloody clever. So it it's a really easy plant to grow organically because because it's got such great defense mechanisms. It's quite hard, uh, and it's quite tough. Yeah. Yeah. So, who first discovered that the well eating it? Who yeah, <laughs> smoking it? You, who who, so who we, just yeah. Yeah, yeah? I think I'm pretty sure that that they've got ancient tablets written in stone that are from I think it might be the Sumerians, which is I don't know three thousand years ago or something. And cannabis is mentioned there. Mm, so natural. So it's it's been a friend to to hum, humanity for a long, long time. Yeah. yeah. So anybody, I mean, we're in the UK mm. where, where CBD is legal and all countries are completely different, but we're in the UK where CBD is, is um, legal. And I mean, what would you say if anybody is uh, suffering with anxiety or if anybody is suffering with um, mm. some pain or um, just wants to recenter, is that, who would you say could have a try yeah, I think I think um, first of all, you start from the position that it is safe to try. Mm-hmm. So you're not you're not uh, risking your health by trying CBD. Therefore, try it. Yeah, why uh, not? Simple as that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it does no harm. It does mm. no harm. Uh, so see what it does for you, and and don't expect it to turn your world. 360 degrees round (laughs) and round and round, you know, put in place the other factors too, but it's, it's doing good in your body. So take something, take, consume stuff that's good for you. Mm. Is there anything you can't take it with? I've got my drawer of stuff. Is there anything you shouldn't Mm. take CBD with? Yeah. So the biggie is statins. If you're taking a statin, which is for, uh, Supposedly for cholesterol. I mean, that's another story I could talk about for another hour, the cholesterol Mm -hmm. myth. But if you're taking a statin, you either, you need to, um, you can't take CBD unless unless you stop the statin. And obviously that's something for you to do your own research on and speak to your doctor and, uh, you know, make sure you're coming from an informed position before you decide to stop a prescribed medication. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Nick is dear listener. Nick is uh, on Instagram. He's uh, or CBD One UK, which is at CBD One, yeah. as in the mm-hmm. the, uh, the digit one UK. You can find CBD One if you're interested in looking into this further. Um, and Nick, before you go, I need to ask you: Is there anybody that you really love to follow on Instagram and social media that you'd like to pass on to the listener? Who, who's this meat person you mentioned earlier? Uh, yeah, is so he, he's um, he's he on, on Insta- yeah. Uh, yeah. Look up Doctor Anthony Chafee, which is spelled C H A double F double E. Doctor Anthony Chafee. He's got a YouTube channel and all kinds of stuff. Really, really interesting guy. So, if anybody's interested in looking into that meat. Your meat diet, that would be yeah. somewhere to go. Yeah. Um, Anybody else you uh, love to follow? So I like 
there's there's I have th- there's the two sides really the professional and the personal. So on the professional side, with my interest in life and health and so on, um, Ivor Cummins is good. Um, Ivor Cummins, C U M I N S, who is a uh, brilliant on things like cholesterol and heart disease and the ketogenic diet, which oh, yeah. is a a distant cousin, I would say, of the carnivore diet. But yes. um, it's all about eating whole foods and getting away from processed foods. So he's he's amazing. And uh, I think his website is the thefatemperor.com. Um, but he's on Twitter as well. He's not actually fat. Uh, I think it's a Buddhist term, thefatemperor.com. But Ivor Cummins is amazing. Uh, Dr. Uh, Ahmed Malik is... Uh, he's uh, an orthopedic surgeon uh, and his podcasts are fascinating on he began to speak out in December last year on many subjects uh, and his podcasts are brilliant and a wide range of topics um, and of course comes with some authority because you know he's got doctor before his name which always helps um, yeah wow so all of that they're good um, on the personal side it's I, I'm a geek. You don't need to worry about the, the, that side of it. But those are the good health ones. I, I like the Queen podcast. I'm a big Queen fan. So, um, are you? That, that's a, yeah. Anyone who likes Queen, go to the Queen podcast. It's brilliant. It's just stopped. They finished it, but it's brilliant because Queen sort of said um, you can use our music in it. So it's it's good. Huh. Oh really? So this is a podcast. It's the, mm, the Queen. The, the Queen, Queen podcast. podcast. And what they're talking about? They're talking about the music. So they review all the albums, and I'm telling you, they do like. Really. It takes two hours to discuss one album. Uh, so if you like in-depth knowledge and you're a proper geek, it's brilliant. How interesting! So they've stopped recording it, but it's still all on there, and you can go and download it and find yeah. it wherever you subscribe. Yeah, yeah. And inter- I, I, yeah. I'm a big historian as well, so I look at. Uh, do you know Al Murray? Yeah, the uh, what, comedian, pub, pub landlord. Yeah. yeah, so he's a big World War Two um, expert, and he has a brilliant podcast because I love my World War Two history. So uh, it's called "We Have Ways of Making You Talk," and okay. uh, it's it is excellent. So that's taken us away from health, but they're really really interesting uh, diversions. Yeah, but it's like everything in life, Nick. The old eighty twenty we're going back to. You know, you got eighty percent of your eighty percent of feeding your brain with knowledge, twenty percent mm. of feeding it with with letting it go. Comedy, yeah, comedy, yeah. arts, life, yeah. joy, silliness, yeah. definitely, whatever, definitely. whatever turns you on. Oh, Nick, mm. thanks so much for coming on the pod. Thank you it's for having me. It's been great talking to you. Yeah, you can find mm. Nick at CBD One UK. If you want to find out anything more about CBD, head over there. Mm-hmm. And you have a brilliant rest of the day, Nick. Thank you to the listener for for uh, coming along and listening. Like and subscribe you. wherever you listen to your podcast. And I'll see you soon, Nick. See you soon. Take care. Take care. Enjoy. Okay, bye. Thanks, bye. bye. Check out the episode notes for links and information about this week's guest and follow, like, subscribe, share, tell the whole world about this podcast. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.